0: being wonderful to you? Is he still wonderful to you? Amen. He's the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He's our Counselor. is everything that we need. He is our portion in the land of the living. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. There's nothing that my God can't do. Miracles and wonders are in his hand to perform and He is well able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that lives and resides within us. Amen. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, and mighty God is He. He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. One more time. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is be. Counselor, Prince of Peace, and mighty God is He. He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer. Praise His name. Give Him a good praise in the house today. Amen. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen, amen, amen. What a beautiful day in the Lord's house today. You can be seated. I'm so happy to be here with you in God's house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I'm so thankful every week to have the opportunity to come and to, and to do life together with you in the Spirit, Amen. Well, I, I want to take just a moment and I want to make a statement this morning that I realize I'm fully aware that not all of you will agree with what I'm about to say. I get it. I understand. But I want you to know that I am so thrilled with the news that Roe v. Wade was overturned this past week and puts us puts us in a position, once again, to repent of our sin and to allow God to forgive us and move us to higher ground. Now, listen, I know, I've talked with some of you. Some of you, years ago when you were younger and this ruling first came out, you were in favor of it with the knowledge that you had at that point. And you understood that. But there's something about being in Christ and having the Word of God alive and well within us that helps us to see things differently than we can see them if we're outside of our relationship with Christ. Now, I know that we still have some challenges and there are still some battles to fight. But listen, I'm glad for three things. Here's my three-point response to what has happened this week. Number one, I am going to take this moment and this season to rejoice with every ounce of energy that I have that life is winning. God is not about death and He is not about killing. He sent His only begotten Son so that we could be forgiven of our sins and that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly. I'm thankful that life is winning. Over the last 50 years, over 63 million babies were aborted for whatever reasons. And I'm glad that if even one now can be saved, then praise God for that. But secondly, I am not going to gloat over it, and I'm not going to get in anybody's face who doesn't believe like I do. A long time ago, I realized that there are a lot of people in this world that don't believe like I believe. There are a lot of people that sit on church pews that don't believe like I believe. But here's what I believe. I believe that if we are in relationship with Jesus Christ and we are seeking His Word and His will, He will show us by His Spirit what is right and what is not. Listen. All the people that are protesting now and they're beside themselves and they have no hope, it's because they've placed their hope in an earthly system, in an earthly political system. They put their hope in men. But listen, my hope is not in men. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And I, I believe that His Word is true. So I'm going to love everyone who disagrees with me. I'm not going to get in anyone's face and try to debate what I believe as opposed to what they believe. I'm going to believe that God will touch their hearts, soften their hearts, and help them to see that life is always so much better than death. And then thirdly, I'm going to continue to pray because what was overturned this week has been a blessing in some areas, been in other areas, it's, it hasn't changed a thing. And so my prayer is that the church will remain vigilant in this battle. And pray that God will change hearts and change minds and help them to see that God is a God of life. I may never understand why people that call themselves followers of Christ, religious people, Devout people, by their own descriptions, would disagree with the teachings of the Word of God, which is what we build our entire faith system on. And Though I may not understand that, I believe that, they will take, that God can turn their hearts and that we can continue <clears throat> being the people and the voice that God wants us to be in this world today. So I know several of you have asked me what my opinion was and you know how I am through the years. I've always been one of the last ones to respond because I like to think things through. I don't like to make statements in the heat of the moment and the emotion, but I like to think it through, pray it through, believe it through. And that's where I'm starting. That's my starting point today. I'm thanking God for what He has done in our nation this morning, this week. Amen. We have a few sick people out in our congregation that are unable to be here today. I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing called COVID or not. But unfortunately, it still seems to be rearing its ugly head around here. And so we have a few that are unable to be here today. Their families are sick with it. Uh, but I believe that God is going to set them free from the COVID They're going to be completely whole. Their symptoms are mild and minimum. And we're believing that it won't be long before God will raise them up and give them complete victory. So for those of you who are unable to be with us today, uh, we love you and we're praying for you. And we just take a moment and we renounce this COVID in your bodies. We come against it in Jesus' name. Has no right to be there in your bodies. You're a child of God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ and His stripes that, you, that He bore on your behalf, you can and are healed right now in Jesus' name. And we are waiting now to see the manifestation of it because Jesus is going to get the glory. Amen. Praise the Lord and amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to take them and turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to begin there this morning. I'm going to start a new series of messages uh, that I will be preaching over the next four weeks on uh, this idea of cadence. i to talk to you about cadence. Now cadence is different than rhythm. And I'm going to explain to you today what the difference is and how cadence came into existence. God's idea and if it's God's idea then guess what it's good for us so I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about this idea of cadence now father I come to you this morning I thank you Lord for the strength that I feel in my body this morning and I believe you're going to continue to allow me to stand strong in the strength that you have given me you will help my voice to remain strong this morning And Lord God, as we turn our attention to your word, that you're going to speak a word to us this morning that will be life-changing and that will be faith-building in our lives. And so I praise you and I give you thanks in advance, for I ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So let's get started by giving you a definition of this word, cadence. Cadence, according to the dictionary, is a modulation in reading aloud as implied by the structure and ordering of words and phrases in written text. Now the word cadence is used to describe someone's voice when speaking or reading, and specifically when we are speaking or reading out loud. A good narrator understands that keeping a healthy rhythm with the proper uh, checks and balances and ups and downs is important to the story that they are telling you. If all we ever did was speak like a robot, Hello, good morning. It's good to have you at Spirit Life Church of God this morning. Thank you so much for coming today. It would be the most boring story that we've ever heard. But cadence is what brings life to the story. And cadence is what brings life to our personalities and to the life that we live. Now, not only is it true in reading, but it's true in music. Now, not only does music have rhythm, But music also produces cadence. There are dynamics in music that are necessary. There are times when we rise or raise the volume. There are times that we get soft in the volume and we speak and sing more silently. There are times that the drummer really gets beside himself and builds the dynamic and gets louder. There are times that the bass guitar just boom, 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 boom in order to get the cadence moving. In fact, one of the things that we talk about as much as anything in choir practice is this. Are we dragging the song today? I mean, we say that almost every week. It feels like it's dragging a little bit. Maybe we should pick it up a little bit. Or sometimes we get to singing so fast that we can't even hardly speak the words. Sounds like we're all speaking in an unknown language because it's going so fast. See, rhythm and cadence is extremely important to everything that we are hearing and doing. So how did this idea of cadence get started? Well, one of the first places that we see Godly cadence is in the rhythm of creation. If you have your Bibles open, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And let's begin reading it, verse 1. Give me a little more in the monitor, if you will, just for for a minute. I'd appreciate it. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Thank you, Bill. That's, That's great right there. The earth was without form and void and darkness And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now here's what I want you to get from this. God started His creative process by giving us the day. The Bible says that He separated the light from the darkness. He called one of them day and one of them night. But when you put one uh, one series of light with one series of darkness, you get what? A day. So what God was doing here is that even though there would be many more days of creation, he was beginning with one day and he was even limiting himself to work within the time frame of one day. And so he gives us the day. Notice the words, and there was evening and there was morning. In other words, he gave us the sunrise and he gave us the sunset. Two of the most beautiful events that happen on the earth every day. There's nothing like it. To see the day start with the sun coming up over the horizon, to see it as it begins to fade low in the evening. And realize that God has given us yet another day. And we have lived our lives in the rhythm and the cadence of this day. So what if we could see things from a different perspective? What if we could see things from God's perspective? And God's perspective being that He has given each of us this day. How many of you know? That tomorrow is not promised. Yesterday is gone forever. You only have today. But I'm so grateful that we have today to live in the fullness and the riches of God's blessings. So let's look at a couple things this morning. First of all, let's look at God's design. Now I've already said He broke up His creative process Into separate days. In other words, he started by creating the day, the light, the dark. And then he began to create and build upon that. He created the skies and the oceans and the land. And then in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, it says, God created the sun and the moon and the stars. Look at verse 14. It says, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. I've read through the years, I don't know how many times, the creation event in Genesis. I've read it so many times that I can almost quote it. But I had never really recognized that one of the reasons that God has built into our lives a cadence is that it is to make us aware of the signs and the seasons that we are in. Now, how many of you know that we live through seasons of life? Man, I remember when I was young, I had so much energy. Man, I'm telling you, Don and I got married. We thought we were going to turn the world upside down. We started having kids, and we had our two kids. And Man, we just had the time of our lives with our kids, just growing and having a great time. We're young pastors. Every week I preached, I'd say, I'd pray, for the for the for the uh, congregation and say man I'm sorry that you had to listen to that today because I'm just a young buck just trying to find my way through ministry it was a season of time And then we came into a different season in our life where we were involved in a different kind of living, a different kind of ministry. Our kids were different. They were different ages. And I learned very differently that you cannot treat a four-year-old the same way that you do an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old or whatever the case. Seasons change. And God gives us signs that our seasons are different. And changing, it doesn't mean that we're growing old and unuseful. It just means that what we are doing with our lives must look differently because we are in a different season of life. And so, what God and what Scripture is telling us is, is that He created this cadence so that we can realize. That we are changing seasons, or we're in a different season. I think I told you about this a few weeks ago, but I heard an interview by uh, John Travolta uh, not long ago, and he was talking about how that he is 60 years old. He said, I remember my life from age 1 to 30, and all that took place, and then I remembered my life from 30 to 60. And he said, now that I'm 60, he said, I'm realizing that I'm living out. If I can live to 90, I will be living out the last 30 years of my life. And I've been asking myself a lot of questions. What do I want to do with this last season of my life? Now, none of us know how long we're going to live. None of us know what the length of days is, although God knows. None of us knows. But the only thing we can do is look at the signs of the seasons and realize that our life is different now than it was 30 years ago. Our life is different now than it was when we were a child. It is different now and so the way that we live and the cadence that we're a part of now is based on the season that we are currently in. So in the creation process Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 it says then God said let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Now, I'm not going to follow that rabbit trail today because I want to stay with what I'm trying to say to you this morning. Here's what I want you to see. I had never noticed this before. Did you ever ask yourself, why didn't God create man first? Why didn't he start by making man and woman first? They could have helped with workload. They would do that later. But he didn't. He created man when? Last. After he had already put the cadence and the processes into place, He then created man so that we would have a system whereby we could live positively, happy, whole, and happy. And when we live in the cadence that God has created for us, it is His best blessing that will come into our lives. The problem is... That we have people that are not concerned about the cadences and the processes that God has created. But God created these things to give us signals of the seasons that we would be going into. I remember when I was 18 years old. I remember I had to... uh, I had to sign up for the draft. How many of you men have, had to do that? I mean, it was required. You didn't have any choice. You could not, well, you could opt out. But it would have required you moving to Canada or somewhere like that. But you didn't have any choice. And I remember when I dropped my little card in the mail, I remembered that my life was changing. My, my season was changing. And so I had to realize that this is where I am. Then I got married. And I realized when I got married that I no longer lived for myself. But I lived for my wife. And I lived for my family. My my season had changed. And I could go on and on and on and share with you different points when my season changed. But what I'm saying to you today is, is that we've got to look at the signs of our life and recognize that it may be time for us to live differently in a new season that has already been laid out for us by the hand of God. Who is it that creates our steps? Who is it? that puts our path in front of us? Who is it that pulls the crooked path straight and allows us to walk on it? Who is it that puts the hills and the valleys in front of us? It's not you. It's not me. But it's God Himself. And here's the good news. Wherever God might be taking you in this season of your life, He will not leave you alone, but He will walk that path with you. And He will make sure that you have everything that you need to survive and to thrive in that season. So let's look at something else now. I ask myself this question, what happens when I try to bend the boundaries or ignore the signal flares that God has so graciously set up for us. In other words, what happens when I rebel against God? And quite frankly, it causes chaos in our lives. I think we can all agree that our world is a chaotic mess. I mean, it is. And without getting deep into the issues that we are facing, let me simply say, The chaos that we are living in right now is directly related to our rebellion against the Word of God and what He has planned and the life that He has for us. And you can be a sinner and rebel. In fact, if you are a sinner, you are rebellious. You're rebelling against the very one who has called you to be like Him. And to be in relationship with Him. But did you know that you can be a Christian and be rebellious as well? Now I know it shouldn't be that way. But the truth is, there are times that Scripture gives us a very direct word on how we are to live. But we choose not to do it. And when we choose not to do it, it brings chaos into our lives. So I would argue that this is precisely the reason to humbly submit yourself to the cadence that God has created. Let me give you one example of cadence that God has created. Scripture tells us if we come to the altar of God to bring our gift of worship to Him, and there we remember that someone has ought against you, In other words, there is a fracture in the relationship. The Bible says that you are to leave your gift at the altar and you are to go to that individual and you are to make amends and resolve the relationship before we can come back and offer our gift of worship unto God. But can I just tell you that that's a very difficult thing to do. It's a hard thing to do, to go and say, hey, It seems like I may have offended you. It seems like I may have done something to you that that has harmed our relationship. And I want you to forgive me of that and let us somehow bring healing into this relationship. Can I tell you that that's what God's cadence would require of us? And when we choose not to do that, then it is bringing chaos into our lives. Can I just preach today Will you love me anyway? I don't know how many people through the years that I know who have married outside of Christ. Dated boys, dated girls, because they look good. It felt good. I'll get right with the Lord later, and I know this one will get right but they didn't and because of their choice their rebellious choice they spent a lifetime living in a chaotic relationship because one was a believer and one was not I'm not trying to judge anyone I'm just trying to say that scripture gives us a very definite cadence that we are to remain in when it comes to our marriage relationship. And when we step outside of that cadence, it's going to bring chaos into our lives. It gives us a very clear picture of how we are supposed to be givers. We are to bring all of our tithe under the storehouse and present it to God. A full 10% of what we make as a living that we are to give gifts and offerings at other special times. And yet, there are people who choose to rebel against that because they cannot believe that they can live better on 90% than if they keep the 100%. I will only tell you that if you'll get in with the cadence of God... It opens the door for miracles to take place in your finances because God has already conditioned your giving by saying if you'll bring all your tithe into the storehouse you can test me and try me and see if I will not pour out blessings upon you from the windows of heaven that you will not be able to contain. And so if we're not careful we can allow all these rebellious things to cause us to miss out on the cadence of God. And here's what happens. Eventually God's limits and designs for creation will catch up to us and you will have chaos on your hands. We can only do so much. Remember, cadence is is a rhythm that rises and falls. There are peaks and valleys. There are highs and lows. Sometimes we have to push and move faster. Other times you can slow down and rest and recharge your soul. And That's the way that God has designed it. And that's the way we flourish as created beings. Today is Harper's eighth birthday. I love that little girl. Love all my grandkids, every one of them. Ben and Jovi and Harper and Henry. But today's Harper's day. But one thing about Harper is that Harper does not get in a hurry. Harper's a slowpoke. You take Harper to the restaurant. And we start early with Harper, what do you want? What would you like to have? She'll say, I like this or this or this or whatever. I want to have this or this. Okay, you're sure? Yes, I'm sure that's what I'd like to have. And then the waitress comes or the waiter comes and goes around the table. What would you like to have, Jovi? She rattles it right off. Henry, we usually still order for him. Donna always know what she wants. I always know what I want. Most of the time, it's the same thing she wants, and we buy one, and we split it in half. That's the season that we're in right now. A Harper, having already made up her mind what she wants, all of a sudden goes blank. And the waiter or the waitress will look and say, would you, what would you like to have, young lady? Uh... And then she'll look at you like, Can you prompt me? Can you can you help me remember? She's just a slowpoke. That's her cadence. That's her rhythm. Some of us are slower than others. Some of us are more direct than others. Some of us are way faster. Some of us work slowly and at a good pace. Some of us work so fast that we can't even keep up with ourselves. We have cadences that match our personalities. but Here's what I'm trying to say to you. Is that God wants us to restrict our cadence to what will be healthy for us and happy for us and help us to be whole. And so let's look at one final thing this morning. Let's look at our daily bread. So if cadence is God's best then what does that look like for me? How do I stay within the boundaries that God has created for me? How do I live a life that is happy and healthy and whole? How do I remain in that place where God can bless me? If you still have your Bibles, flip over to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, I want to read verses 1, 2, and 3. God is very pointed here in the activity that should be coming forth from our life. Beginning in verse 1, it says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates, watch this, day and night cadence. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. Now notice what the psalmist says here. We're talking about how do I walk in the cadence of God. The first thing that he mentions has to do with our relationships. Now I don't want you to raise your hand or anything like that. Though you may want to jump up and do jumping jacks. But let me just ask you this. How many of you people have toxic relationships in your life. I mean, there are people in your life that when they walk into the room, the atmosphere goes south. I mean, it could be family members. It could be friends. It could be work associates. But when they walk into the room, the smile that was on your face suddenly becomes a depressed spirit. He said, what does that have to do with what you're saying here? Well, notice what he said. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. The King James Version there says the ungodly. Now, again, I don't want to go too deep here. But listen, over the next few days and weeks and months, we're going to hear an awful lot from this world about how stupid we are to believe that Roe v. Wade should have been overturned and that abortion is wrong. People are going to come out of the woodwork to tell us how ignorant we are. And we're going to be tempted to want to engage and interact with them. But let me just tell you something. Just because a friend tells us that we're wrong and just because a family member tells us we are wrong does not change the fact that the God that we serve and the scripture we believe in tells us that life is precious. And so you know what? there are going to be a few people that we're going to have to dial them off. We're going to have to close them out. Because if not, we will allow them to drag us into their drama when we already know what the cadence of God has to say about this matter and so many more. Toxic relationships. It could be your husband, it could be your wife. Could be your children. Could be your family. Could be somebody you work with. Can I tell you that the scripture says you will be blessed when you do not walk in their counsel, but when you instead walk in the counsel of the Lord? And then he says, don't stand in the way of sinners. Listen, whatever sinners are up to, you don't need to be there. You don't need to be into that. But I've known this individual for 150 years. Well, then it's time for you to grow beyond them. It's, It's time for you to grow past them. Have you ever wondered what God might have for you in your life if you would just walk away from some people that are toxic and bringing sinful attitudes and activities into your life and into your perimeter. Man, I'm telling you, God has some things behind the door that if you'll just walk through the open door, God will bless you with things that you can't even imagine. But you're never going to you're no, never going to receive it and you're never going to benefit from it because you're just walking around with the sinners. You say, Pastor, you're being rude today. You're being mean. No. I love everyone, and I will do everything in my power to preach a, a complete gospel that includes repentance. And salvation from our sinfulness. But I refuse to join with sinful activity and attitudes that will prevent me from being able to receive the full blessings of God in my life. I refuse. God didn't make me for that. God didn't make you for that. And if you ever can get some holy boldness in yourself and walk away from some people that are bringing sin constantly before your life and just let them work it out with Jesus and you work out your own salvation in fear and trembling before the Lord, I'm telling you, God can and will do a work in your life unlike anything you've ever seen before. You don't stand in the way of sinners and don't sit in the seat of scoffers. What's a scoffer? Somebody with one of those attitudes like, oh, well, bless your little heart. You know, aren't you so happy now that you won a political victory? Well, bless your little heart. We're coming after you. get ready because we're not done yet, scoffers, people who make fun of you or wear you out because of your religious belief system. People who believe that the way that you live in Christ is a crazy way to live. Let me tell you something. It's not hard to identify a scoffer because it will bear fruit out of their lives very, very quickly. I read someone's post, and the man making the post was a male, and the female responded to the post and said, if you don't have a uterus, you don't have an opinion. Let me tell you something. Best I can tell, I don't have one of those. And I'm so thankful to God that I don't. But that doesn't even make common sense. To believe that I can't have an opinion because I don't have a similar body makeup to someone else. Scoffers. Scoffers. Well, what do you mean your child can't play little league baseball because their games are on Wednesday night and you take them to church instead of to the baseball game? What do you mean? That's stupid. That is ignorant. Scoffers. Now, My my Bible tells me to raise up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. So what we teach them is extremely important. You guys okay? So he talks about toxic relationships and removing them from our life. But then he says one other thing. He said instead of holding on to those toxic relationships, instead of that it says, but his delight is in the law Of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night now again don't raise your hands up I don't want to know it's between you and God when's the last time you actually picked your Bible up and read it see some people have created a cadence that says I will be a worshiper one day a week. I will do Sabbath. I will go to church. But I'm not doing anything else. Not Monday. Not Tuesday. Not Wednesday. Not Thursday. Not Friday. Not Saturday. I'll Sabbath on Sunday. But I'm not going to do anything else the rest of the week. Listen, God gave us The cadence of day and night, a day to work with. If this is the last day that I live, I want to be glad that I came to church and I celebrated Sabbath, but if tomorrow is the last day of my life, I want to equally be proud that I woke up with praise on my lips and love in my heart because God has transformed me and made me His own. You see, when you're transformed by the power of God and you're walking in His cadence, you'll look for every opportunity you can get to build your faith and to grow stronger in Him and become all that He has called you to be. I've got to quit. Psalm 18, 118 verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'd like to know what day of the week that passage of Scripture was written on, wouldn't you? Must have been Sabbath. Must have been on our Sunday. Because we wouldn't use a scripture like that on Monday, would we? Tuesday or Wednesday. Especially not on Wednesday night during Bible study when you have a wonderful opportunity to come and build your faith and teach your family that Wednesday nights are good for them just like Sunday morning is. Because it teaches them that the house of the Lord is important. I wonder if we started waking up on Tuesday morning and said, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I wonder if it would transform our Tuesday. I wonder if it would change our Thursday. I wonder if it would on Friday. I wonder if Saturday. I wonder if we would make room for God. I wonder if just somehow, some way, we would carve into the cadence of our life to be like Him and to read His Word and study His Word and study to show ourselves faithful what a difference it would make in our lives. I want to close with this last scripture. It's found in Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. I, I'm going to keep preaching until somebody comes to the piano. So I don't, I don't know whose turn it is, but I'm just going to keep on preaching. So if you want me to quit, you better hurry up and get up here. You see how that works, don't you? We got people coming up here that don't even know how to play instruments or sing. Here's how I want to challenge you. Prayer team, get ready. We're going to pray for the needs of the people this morning in closing. Here's my challenge for you today. I want you to analyze your cadence this week. It might mean that you need to keep a journal and track how many times you actually paused and thought about God. It may require that you keep a record on the side. I read my Bible on Monday morning and then I read it again on Monday night. You say you can read it twice in the same day? Well, I think that's what it said. It said, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates both day and night. I want to challenge you to check your cadence. Are you moving with God? Are you moving in the same direction that God is moving? Is He the priority of your life? Is He number one? I challenge you to check your house and see if you have a quiet place where you can go and you can just spend it with God. And if not, I encourage you to find a place. Maybe outside on your deck. You may have to, if you've got young kids in your house, You may have to say to your spouse, you take them for 10 minutes, I need to go pray. I'll be back and you can go pray. But boy, we've got to spend some time with God today if we're going to be able to get through it. And God will help you. Build your cadence. And here's what I want you to do. God started with the day, remember? That's how He started. He separated the light from the darkness. And He called the light day. (laughs) And He called the darkness night. I know you're going to think I'm crazy. And I'm not asking everybody to be like me. But most every day of my life, I get up, I get something to drink, and I go outside on my deck, and I sit there, and I watch the sun come up. And I begin to pray and meditate about what has to happen this day to bring glory to God. I thank Him. I praise Him. I'm so grateful to Him for all that He's done for me. And I spend my morning doing that. And the last thing I do before I go to bed at night is I go outside and I sit in that same chair. And if I'm out there to see the sunset, fine. But otherwise, I just stare out into the darkness and see the stars. And I recognize that the God that I serve flung those stars into existence. And I take just a little bit of time to give Him praise and honor Him and thank Him. Listen, how are you living your life? Do you just feel like that the world is just pulling little bits of you off every day? Are you just so worn out? Are you just so frazzled that you're not sure how you can make it another day? Listen, I want you to take time this week and realize that God has built a cadence for you to abide by. And If you'll do what you can do in this day, there will be other days that you can do other things. Listen to Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. He said, when I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? You know what that means? It means that every time that you look into the sky and see the stars and see the sun, see the moon you are to be aware that if God took care of them and if God takes care of them if God created them if he put the cadence for them to live by then how much more does he love you how much more does he care about you how much more is he concerned about the ones that he created in his own image Aren't you thankful for God today? Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Will you stand with me this morning? Prayer team, I want you to come. And if you're here in this house today and you have a special need, whatever it is, you may need healing in your body. I just feel like there's somebody here today That this message connected with you. And you're just worn out. You're frazzled. You're frustrated. You're already dreading tomorrow. When God did not put tomorrow in your future for you to dread. But He put it in your future for you to enjoy. And for you to experience blessings. If that's you today and you need prayer, I want you to step out of your seat. And let this prayer team pray with you today. And let's believe God for a touch in our spirit and in our soul this morning. Go ahead and sing if you will. Choir.